the Jazz, the Utes, and the Cougars. Three, two. This is real. When it comes to covering the teams you're passionate about, nobody does it better. Yes! This is DJ and PK. Okay. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. Okay. This is 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK, we're getting some feedback on the question of getting aboard, all aboard the Ute bandwagon if they're 4-0 with a convincing win over the Utes. Aaron says, I'm not super impressed with what the Utes have done so far this season, but if they beat USC convincingly, I'll have a more positive outlook looking forward to the tests against Washington and Washington State. Of course you will. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> If they here's the deal, it's Rose Bowl or bust. Win the Pac-12 championship, beating uh-huh. USC, a USC team that could well be on its way to being two and four, doesn't guarantee that you're of the quality to win the Pac-12 championship. So for people who really want that, which I assume is the vast majority of the Ute fan base, I get why they're not signing off on the USC win is the uh, the end all be all, the signal that they are they are set to climb to the mountaintop. Why not? Because the USC isn't all that. Doesn't matter. It's about Utah. It's not about SC. You Nobody's believe. all that. Nobody's all that in this conference. Except probably maybe the Utes. So this is a tough game. Now we're we've we've built this up as a tough game. Now if they get it all of a sudden, ah well USC isn't all that much. Come on. It's not about SC. It's about Utah. It's about them living up to the hype. And if they win convincingly, that's step one. Yes, they have eight more steps. I get that. They have nine more steps, really, if you want to look at it for the Rose Bowl. But this goes a long way. This, this removes a ton of doubts. Yeah, this, these guys really are something. If they win convincingly, that's what I'm talking about. The word convincingly, i got to put that modifier in there. Steven Snell says, one game at a time. Take care of who's in front of you and improve every game after that. Choo-choo and then five train emojis. I think he's on board with you. That was a whole lot of cliches building up to it, but at the end, five train emojis. He's aboard. Yeah, we're not, a, we're not the coaching staff here. We're fans. We're commentators. You're fans that we're speaking to. We're allowed to think however we think. They'll think how they think. We think how we think. And to me, I look at ramifications of games because that's what they are. They're all about ramifications, you know, and everybody has their own different ramifications. That's the great thing about this in this conference here is that each team is shooting for its own individual goal, right? Not, they all, not all 12 teams have the same goals, clearly. And so these games lead to one another. We're talking about BYU, how they got to be uh, in 2006 when they beat TCU. That really catapulted them. And then they won some conference titles, and that was their turning point. And so, you know, was that play from Wilson to Simon the turning point of this season going forward remains to be seen. Well, that's what we're talking about for the Utes here. If they win convincingly, that set the tone. There's no better team to play right off the bat. 
after you've played three non-conference games in which you've won easily all three of them to get a real test on the road. And you're going to have to do this every other year, come down here to play these guys, so it might as well be now. Get them right now. Set the tone for your conference season that you hope extends into December. And I don't see why not. Why wouldn't you think that way? And if they win convincingly, I believe they're on their way. James has posted on our Facebook page. Go to DJ and PK. As a closet Ute fan, BYU is still number one for me, I'm on board. This is a good team, but they can be beat if Moss goes down or Huntley goes mental and starts throwing picks. Mm, I don't expect... Uh, Huntley to go mental as you say and yes if there's injuries well that changes everything we understand that that's always the case but that's the case with every team and the reality is you can still beat teams with injuries because their injuries might be worse and they may not be as good and their backups might be not as good as your backups so if you have an injury or two doesn't necessarily mean everything is all lost because you will have an injury or two it's just the way it works and it is happening to other people. I mean, pretty much we do uh, what is trending every morning. There's just a list every week of guys who are knocked out in college football. USC, Texas Tech, Florida, they've all lost their quarterback. That's just the start of it. So you will run right. into other teams. It'll help you out too. Yes. All right, we got more uh, posts coming in, Rocky. <laughs> all right, we'll get some of these uh, other comments coming in. Right now we want to take a minute to talk with Norm Chow. Because we are right in the, the uh, I guess it's the Bermuda Triangle of college football. And who better than talk to Norm at a time like this? Norm, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Exciting time. Looking forward yeah, to tonight. You, you, called, you called plays. You're the offensive coordinator at BYU, at USC, at Utah. And BYU <laughs> beats USC in overtime, and now USC has to host Utah. If there was ever a time to talk to you, Norm, this was it. You know people on all of these coaching staffs. How surprised were you that USC got beat in Provo? You know, absolutely shocked. I mean, I watched Utah and BYU. I was at, actually went to the Stanford-USC game, and if I were a thing, man, obviously I'm, I'm a Kalani Shiitake fan, but I'd, I'd have bet, I'd have bet USC. And uh, <clears throat> but I, you know, as I as I look back and as I read the papers down here, he they all he all fucks them. You know, he was dropping eight people, my understanding. And then when when a guy has a reputation like that, USC guy, the guy with a passing game, you know, they're too daggone stubborn to run the ball. And is he taking heat down here because they, he should he should have been running the football against that eight man drop? Kalani figured out that they weren't going to get to him because this guy gets rid of the ball very quickly. And so he um, he dropped eight. Now, I think Utah's a different team. Utah's a very uh, aggressive football team with a good front four, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. But I think, you, I think USC is reeling a little bit. So we saw the kid Slovis as a freshman. He threw three picks against the Cougars. What would you work on him this past week to make sure that that doesn't happen tonight? Well, I'm not so sure it's his fault. You know, you talk football, and, and it's not a hard game to play, right? That, that's what we used to always say as coaches. If they're standing over here, run over there. If they're standing over there, run over here. <laughs> and if they're dropping eight guys, there's no place to throw the ball. I don't care who you are. <clears throat> but if you insist on doing that, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Now, I didn't see the tape. I just read that. and uh, But I would imagine that's what Kalani did, which was a very smart thing to do because he does get rid of the football very quickly. And they have a nice little short passing game, you know. 
But if you know, there's five guys underneath playing defense. There's not much room to throw that short passing game, and if you do, you're going to get walloped for about three or four yards. So that was my understanding. In fact, Helton is defending the in the papers anyway. Helton is defending the play calling as being something that they wanted to do. But but you got to be able to run the football, and we've said that all along, all the years we've been together. That you have to be able to run the football, and they didn't do that very well. And they have a good running back, a kid from Hawaii, actually, and. Um, you know, they didn't do it. So today's going to be exciting, though, because I think Kyle's a little different now. If he learned from Kalani and watched the tape, obviously, he'll mix his things up. Kyle does a great job of mixing things defensively, you know, come after you one time and drop another time. He'll get them on tape. I'm sure he'll get them. This kid's not bad now. I don't know if you got to see him, but, you know, obviously against an eight-man drop, you know, who's going to look good doing that? So... The problem with USC trying to run the ball, I thought, is that Kyrus Tonga, right in the middle of that defensive line for BYU, he was in USC's backfield way too often. They found it really disruptive, and you can argue that they should have run outside and gotten away from him. Uh, But they averaged less than four yards a carry, and they ran the ball 45 times. Even if you take off four – yeah, you take off the four runs for the quarterback, that's still 41 runs for the three running backs. I thought Stephen Carr was an okay running back, but he had nine carries for 22 yards. So I don't well, see why USC is going to be able to run the ball on Utah. I don't figure out how I they're going to be able to do that. I agree with that. I agree because Utah's front, I thought, was, is, you know always been one of their strengths. And I, I, I agree with that. I didn't realize they ran the ball that many times. I didn't get to see that game. Uh, but I, I, I just read the papers, and, and, and you're right. You know, the, the, another interesting style of football that we always talked about when we coached was that, you know, you come out early and you run sideways. Tie those big guys down. You know, run wide to the right, run wide to the left, take the quarterback and run him on a boot. And so these guys are going sideways now, and, and they don't like that, right? They'd rather you come right at them like that defensive line at, at BYU, like what you just said. So. You know, there's there's so many different thoughts about it all, and and uh, but obviously the, the the coaching plays a big part of it. And just from reading the papers, it sounds like Kalani had about Fox a little bit, which is great stuff, great stuff. We know that Lin Swan was pushed out, and we know that all the vultures are circling Clay Helton in the SC program. How much do you think that is difficult to overcome? It's hard. It's hard. And, and as much as a coach wants to say, oh, I don't read the papers or all that, all that other stuff, come on now. You're all human. Um, it's, it's really, it's, a, it's, that, it's such a, a, a sad deal because that is a tremendous institution. A lot of proud followers. I don't know, you, you guys have been in games on here. I mean, the, the tailgates run for a, blocks and blocks and blocks. They're very supportive people, but you know, with all the things that are going on, not only on the, in the athletic area, but with the, with that doctor and some things that are going on, and the president that just have to let go, I think it's, it's there's a little bit of a, a great cloud over that university, and it's too bad because uh, it is a tremendous institution, tremendous, none like it. I can tell you that. As far as my experience goes, USC is a cut above everything else, and besides, because of all these problems in Lynn and. I think it's, it's going to be tough for Clay. He's got to win tonight. I know that. So I mentioned that you were offensive coordinator and called the plays at Utah and BYU and USC. Of course, I left out UCLA, <laughs> and Dan Guerrero just announced he's done at the end of the year. It's just, you know, PK lived down there, and I grew up down there. And, I mean, I know things change, and sometimes your brain gets stuck in the past. But it just seems incredible to me that USC and UCLA could both get this off track at the same time, they have so many built-in advantages. How in the world 
has this happened? Because as much as Guerrero's retiring, let's face it, football's a mess and basketball's only a little better. Yeah, you're you're absolutely you're you're, you're absolutely observant with that. I, I don't, and I say, hey, what do I know? I don't have any answer to it. It's just it is sad. I tell you what I what one of my thoughts are is is that the recruiting. You know that this place, when we're at SC, the whole thought was don't we don't recruit, we evaluate. You know, don't screw up the guys you 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 decide you're going to offer to because you're going to get them. And whether they're not doing a good job of that, or whether they're just not able to keep the players at home, you know, because there's so many people here, right? The 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 the, the, the numbers were. We thought there was one blue chip athlete for every 500,000 population. Well, there's 10 million people just in the L.A. Valley alone, the L.A. area. That's 20 blue chip kids. UCLA should get 10. USC should get 10, in my mind. And it happened way back when we were going to school. So, for example, there's a a big Polynesian quarterback out of St. John Bosco. The guy is 6'5", 220. I know him. I've worked with him a little bit. He goes to decides to go to Clemson. I mean, Clemson, South Carolina, a Polynesian guy going there when there's two great schools sitting right here and, and besides all the other Pac-12 schools. So I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I think part of it is, is they better get do a better job of recruiting locally. So is that is that an indictment on the state of the programs and it's temporary if you make changes to the coaching staff that things will get better? Well, you hope. You hope, you know, there's always cycles, and, and you hope, because these two programs, I mean, UCLA is not very good. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but, they, you know, watch them on TV, and they're just kind of, you, you're just going, what, that's UCLA, you know, and, and uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard because of all the recruiting. It's hard because, the, you know, there's, there's the, down here, the pressures because of the media and the amount of people. It's hard. It's really, really hard. But nevertheless, I mean, you, you buy in, right? You signed up, so you better go get it done. Norm Chow, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So have you got the Utes uh, beating USC tonight? Do you have the Utes winning convincingly tonight? Do you have the Utes absolutely blowing SC off the field? Because it doesn't sound like you're picking SC. No, no. I, I'm all, I, I, you know, I've been gone. I mean, we, my wife and I were back in New York for a bit. What, is there a spread? What is the spread? Have you any idea? It is, uh, the, depending on where you look, the Utes are favored by three and a half or four points. Oh, wow. No, I, I bet they beat them by two touchdowns. I really do. I, I, of course, I would have been my mortgage. Wow. USC would have been, we, I, my mortgage was on USC beating BYU. But, so what do I know? You're asking the wrong guy. But uh, uh, I think I think Utah I, will get them. I you really told do. me you paid cash for that house. Oh, yeah. You told me you paid cash for that house in Manhattan. (laughs) I don't know anybody that pays cash for a house in Manhattan. uh, (laughs) No, but uh, uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, but I think Utah will get them. Of course, I'm I'm prejudiced. I like Kyle. I I mean, I don't like Utah. I like BYU. I like those Utah schools, and and I I like SC. Two of my kids graduated from there, so... uh, it, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. The only conflict I got is the Dodgers. Do you think that? <laughs> yeah, they I think are. They've won for the sure. Oh, wait, wait, they, they, won they, the they got everything wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, come on, Norm. Wait for the playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> they're just going mo- through the motions now for another ten days. And they are. They're trying, the trying to find out. They're trying to find their their roster. You're right about that. You're right about that. 
do you think that this can be a tone setter for the Utes, or are we just building this up too much? And you still have eight other contests, so just take if you get the win, just take it rather than a message to the rest of the conference. Yeah, we were picked to win, and we're going to. No, I think it's a message, man. Because if, oh, other than come on, other than Washington, okay. oh no, other than Washington, right? Look at it. Arizona's not very good. Arizona State hadn't played anybody. Stanford's obviously showing up, showing up, but they're not very good. UCLA, I have Oregon and Washington, and I'm not so sure Oregon's for real either. No, I think this is a big step. I, I, that's why I said this is a huge game. And then you know, say what you want. I mean, coaches understand; they get it. And the momentum at four and zero and being in the top ten and beating a a program like USC. Uh, no, I think it's a big deal. I really do. I think. And, but, but you know, on the other hand, if they don't get it, that's not a big deal because they just regroup and keep going because um, SC will lose again. So I guess the thing I would say is it's not a big deal because I, I've thought for a long time that Utah is going to win this game. I still think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to win the South. But the goal is to win the Pac-12 because you've won the South now. You got that last year. So the next step is to win the entire Pac-12. And Kyle has lost uh, – Utes have lost four times to Washington State in six years, and they didn't play the other two. So it's four straight wow. losses over six years. And Kyle, all-time against Chris Peterson, is one in six. So wow. to me, if wow. you're going to beat – if you lose to those two teams, you're 10-2 and two and you go to the title game, you lose there. I mean, it's a good year, but it's kind of like the year you had last year. To well, do sure. the that's, next that's, that's, big thing and take that big step, you've got to beat Washington or Washington State. You've got you to go into that Pac-12 title game thing, and of course we can win this. This is it. This is our moment. I agree. Well, hardly. Well, it's like it's like the Dodgers, you know. There's pressure to win the World Series because they've lost the the, the series two times, two, twice in a row, of course. But that's what you sign up for, and Kyle gets that. That's what you sign up for. That's what you look for. That's what you shoot for. And I certainly think he's he's put together a team this this go around that can that can compete at that level. There's no question about that. But uh, that's just part of the deal. That's part of the deal. now. Who don't they play? Who doesn't? Who does Utah not Oregon, play? In the, in, they don't. Utah does not play Oregon, and they don't play Stanford. Uh, Stanford's not. Stanford's proven not to be very good. Okay, well that's not a help because they still have to play Washington, Washington State, and and those guys are pretty good now. Those guys are pretty good. Cal. Yeah, they got. Yeah, and Cal's turned out to be okay Cal as well. And, and yeah, Cal's turned right. out to be pretty good as well. Sure. I, I I don't know. You know, some of those guys it's a little misleading. You know, you get the two and one or three and one, and you look to who they play and. You know, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. take that. You don't take that very seriously. So, but I, I, I do think, and, and and to put it any other way, it would be a mistake. It is a big game. I think Kyle understands that. But they're all big games. This is the game you have to win this week, and and I think the implications are, are tremendous. And I think they're going to do it. I really do. So when you coached at at BYU and then you coached at SC, you guys were the top dog. Everybody in the conference was shooting for you, and you know that because you've lived it in coaching. Utah wins tonight, and they win convincingly. I believe that everybody in the Pac-12 has a natural rival, but then I think every one of those eight remaining games, if Utah wins convincingly tonight, becomes a huge game for the opposition because all of a sudden now Utah becomes the standard of the conference this year. How big of a deal is that when you are the top dog and everybody is gunning for you to try to upset you? you, you 
you're not as you're a pretty observant guy. You're not as, as like people say you are. But no, that's for, that that is a great comment to make because because it is harder to play from the top. It really is hard to play from the top. You got to take everybody's best shot Saturday after Saturday. They're gonna come out slugging. They got nothing to lose. It is hard to play from the top, and people don't understand that about BYU and or USC because those years when they're on top, it was hard. Now it's hard getting your guys up every week. You know, it, it, it's easier if I'm playing as the underdog. It really is. You don't need to fire anybody up, right? Hey, come on, guys. Nobody's expecting us to to win this thing. Let's go kick their rear ends. But to play for the top, you're taking everybody's best shot. And but that, again, that's what that, that that's a good position to be in. And I think coaches take a lot of pride in being in that position, but they are. They're going to get by USC, and they're going to take everybody's everybody's best shot the rest of the way. And Kyle and certainly those coaches understand that. You you bit your lip at the start of that answer there, Norm, because I heard it in either your leaking air. You were about to say, "PK, you're not as stupid," and you thought, "No, that's too harsh. I'm not going to say that." You actually edited yourself <laughs> right there, didn't you? You did. Like you I said, you, you like I said, you're very observant and you're a very good guy <laughs> already. You 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 figured it out. That's right. I, I don't know what to say. What word to use? <laughs> All right, last thing before we let you go. If you Shoot. thought USC was going to beat BYU, I assume you think that Washington is going to beat BYU. And I assume you think that BYU having to play Utah at Tennessee, USC, Washington, there's probably a cumulative effect there, even though they've won those last two games. Am I on track, assuming what you think? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, Washington's and they play them at home at Washington, right? It's in, it's no, it's in BYU. It's at BYU. It's Provo. Oh, it's, it's at Provo. Oh, yeah, wow! I went up last year and got smoked in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, and, and then they smoked. I think they smoked too. They, they beat they beat the Hawaii bad last week as well, but that was at home. So, yeah. I, I think Washington will get them. I really do. But but no, nah, I mean four tough games like that as, as an independent, which we talked about before. If you're going to be of any, uh, you know have any value you got to play those people i don't think that's tough week after week that, that's that's what utah does every week that's what BYU has to do too but i think washington will get them i really do but who knows who knows like i said i thought sc was going to get them too all right norm we will let you go we appreciate it good luck to you and your dodgers as you tune up for the postseason <laughs> we'll do it and then uh we'll look forward to tonight it should be fun all right thank you norm norm chow joining us from Los Angeles, where Utah is getting ready to play USC. And PK is there for the big game. What do you think? Uh, about three hours to get down the 10 to the game? How much time are you allowing? How much time am I allowing? I'm leaving right after the show. That's okay. That's probably wise, actually. You ought to, you ought to be there by 530. You should be able to make it. You're walking, starts, right? What was it? Starts was it, at was 6. It what was the name? I think it was a Michael Douglas movie, something where he was some angry dude walking across L.A. getting into trouble. Oh, yeah. What movie was called. Remember that? He was uh, dressed in a white shirt and tie, was he? Yeah, right. That's it. From, I remember seeing the, the photo on, like, billboards or something for some ads for it. Yeah. Anyway, all right, that's PK tonight. He'll be hiking to the game <laughs> from the ocean to the Coliseum. All right, DJ and PK, everything we've been talking about in this show, we'll wrap it up for you next. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Week three of the NFL season kicks off with Tennessee and Jacksonville, and the Jaguars get the win 20-7. As former Washington State quarterback Gardner Minshew throws for two, Minshew throws for two early touchdowns, he gets the win. Dolphins are going to start Josh Rosen against the Cowboys. Dallas a 23-point favorite in that game, and the Patriots are 22-point favorites over the Jets. Big game of the weekend. The Ravens are playing the Chiefs. They are both 2-0. College football tonight, Utah and USC, 7 o'clock on FS1. BYU and Washington tomorrow at 1.30 on ABC. Tomorrow night, CBS Sports Network. It's Utah State and San Diego State. Longtime UCLA Athletic Director Dan Guerrero will retire in July. The Yankees clinched the American League East title for the first time since 2012. They win game number 100. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. The ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. That's the sound of me. I think it was going after you. Whizzing down my leg <laughs> while singing the national anthem at a bees game, not a foot away from a bald eagle who did not like my bald. The shine came off the back of my head and he was like, I've had it! It was kind of scary. For bald eagle, man, those claws got a hold of that dome, man. Yeah, I might. a tough fight, man. Uh, <laughs> I'd still take you in the battle, but you're not coming You'd out take me it. over an eagle? I would never punch a bald eagle. I'd go to prison. That eagle is actually pretty quick. In fact, by law, I think it's allowed to attack my dome. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The daily grind begins at 6 a.m. sharp. Wake up. But for some of our uh, slightly less ambitious listeners, Uh, this segment is for you. These are your 9 o'clock Where the Heck Have You Been slacker headlines. Wake up. With DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, it is time now to get you up to speed on everything we've been talking about in this show. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Before we get to the sports, PK, the email has gone out. Miranda Lambert coming to Vivint Smart Home Arena. You a Miranda Lambert fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw that. What's she coming, uh, January? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Absolutely. I'm a Miranda Lambert fan. Miranda Lambert fan. Tough to say. January 31st, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Yeah, this is right. Mama's Broken Heart is a great tune. Put that on your calendar out in the distance. Put your calendar tonight. Your dance card's full tonight. It's Utah and USC. You can flip over to Air Force and Boise State during the commercial breaks if you want. But the featured event, the main event, Utah and USC. We have talked to several people this week, and really no one thinks USC is going to win this game. Norm Chow just told us two touchdowns for USC. I, had, uh, I was talking to people at Channel 2 last night that wanted to score. I said 31-21. You have a score for this game? Have you thought about that? 
Oh, yeah, 50 to 5. What? You heard me. Okay, I'll go 6. I'll give him 2. Okay, there you go. 50 to 5. Weird. That'd be a weird football Did you see the thing that uh, Yacht tweeted out? The sports. uh, Sports Sports by by Brooks. Brooks. I got it right here on my phone. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. So, Sports by Brooks has been told. I'm reading this uh, off of Twelve. Now, I just lost it off of Twitter. Doggone it. Here we go. Okay. Sports by Brooks has been told by a source close to the USC administration and board of trustees that if the Trojans are embarrassed by Utah at home tonight in a major blowout, Clay Helton will be relieved of his duties as the school's head football coach. Hashtag USC. Hashtag Utah versus USC. Hashtag Clay Hilton. There you go. Two and huh? two, it'll be done. We won't, won't even wait for the Washington and the Notre Dame games that they got coming up. We all looked at the first six games and thought that was a tough stretch, and if they were 2-4 and four coming out of that, he could be gone. And they've got uh, Washington next week and then a bye week before Notre Dame. Urban, right now, come out of the broadcast <laughs> booth. Kyle Gunther was on earlier and said that um, the uh, board of trustees are split. Some want him, some don't. He comes with a little bit of baggage, PK, but he wins. Oh, yeah, he'll win. He'll win. He'll win wherever he goes, and he'll probably have baggage wherever he goes. Uh, but, you know, you got to worry about that if that happens. I, I would feel bad for Clay Helton because I think he's a football coach. He's not a celebrity, but the, the job ate him up. I mean, it's so hard that uh, you're trying to do what you, you can there, and it's it's just a very difficult situation. And, you know, Utah's a really good team, so and it would have been less pressure if they hadn't blown it to, to BYU, but nevertheless they did. It, it just seems like at some point he's going to get fired, whether it's now, next week, or after the season, or before the Notre Dame game, or what have you. It seems like that's the that's the end of it, and it's going to happen either way. It does. It definitely seems like they're going to have a new football coach next year. We also spoke earlier this morning, uh, doing the red and the blue every Friday. We talk with Kyle Gunther, and we talk with Brian Keel, the former Ute and the former Cougar. And uh, for Brian, he has been basking in the glory of two weeks, uh, the last two weeks. is in no hurry to get to this game, but it does feel like the bar is set a little higher, doesn't it? Washington is better than either of the two teams they just beat. Oh, I would think so. And, you know, when you have that celebration like that and then have to come back the next week, that's pretty hard. (laughs) But nevertheless, that's the task that they've been charged with. They've got to do that. They've got to find a way to regroup and be able to play at the high level this week. And so uh, they expended a lot of energy celebrating. And so we'll see. You know, I, I would go with Washington, too, like Norm said. But. You know they are at home. They can make a couple plays, get some momentum going. Things can happen. I don't. I think there. This is since the horrendous season. Certainly, this is the best shape they've been in. And what does that mean? That remains to be seen because they're playing a really good team, and I give them credit for trying to play a really good team. Uh, but uh, you know, at least if they come out of it two and two, and they have some momentum by playing well, you can lose a ball game and still play well. I mean, last year clearly they didn't play well when they went up to Seattle, right? That was a butt-kicking. It was embarrassing. You weren't competitive at all. Uh, Now, what do you do here? You can lose and still be competitive. You know, if they would have lost in overtime last week, 
as opposed to SC losing in overtime, if BYU would have lost in overtime, they would have felt, okay, we played competitively and we came down to one play. And suppose SC got a tip pass and made an interception. You know, you would have thought, hey, we were right there. That's what I want to see out of the Cougars. If they win, great, obviously, great, celebrate, crazy. But if you at least play competitive and you can say, yeah, you know, you play that game, the what-if game that losing teams tend to do, if they're in that boat, I still believe that gives them momentum going forward for the next eight games of their season. Yeah, and like we said all summer, if they get out of the first four, two and two, then eight and four is definitely in play. And there's no reason to change anything there. And if they shock the world again and they're three and one, well, then look out, baby. I wouldn't think it's the way sure. to go. I would think Washington wins. I, I, sitting here, I want to I want to pick Washington, Utah, and Utah State. But I know it's weird that I pick three road teams. But every time I try to second guess myself, I think the game I have the most doubt on just San Diego State's first three games just don't tell you much. They were supposed to win two of those games, and then USC is or U, excuse me UCLA is such a mess. Yes, they went to the Rose Bowl and won, but what does that really mean? I think this Utah State team is clearly the best team they've played so far, so it's hard to figure how that's going to go. Yeah, I can buy that, but I think that works both ways, that neither team has proven anything. Yeah. yeah. So it, that kind of flushes makes it, all the it out harder. a little bit. Right, it just makes it all the harder to predict what's going to happen. It just seems like there's a ton of unknowns in that game. I think looking at the Wake Forest game, we know Utah State's pretty good and they got a lot of talent, which is what we thought coming into the year. But they didn't perform well in crunch time, and there were just critical mistakes made down the stretch. So if this game is close, which seems pretty logical, are they going to perform better in crunch time? So still left. I think Utah State's going to win the game, but I don't know that. I view it. I got a little fan. I got a little fandom in this game. So is that you know messing with my perceptions? Uh, maybe it is, but I don't have any fandom in it. But I agree with largely of what you're saying. I think it's a toss-up, and it'll come down to who makes the fewer mistakes. Is it uh, Team A, Team B? You know That remains to be seen. Who's going to be loose with the ball? Who's going to make a kick? Who's going to miss a kick? Those yeah. types of things. It's going to be some little things that will make a difference because I don't believe that right now there's a lot separating these teams. I could be wrong because of the fact that they've only played three games and it's been hit and miss a little bit and they haven't played the best competition. You're right. I mean, they just haven't. That's just the way it is. And so what does that mean going forward? Well, that remains to be seen. I'm not exactly sure. That's why I'm way intrigued. This this tonight and then tomorrow, it, it it's the best weekend that I can remember for local teams because it has a whole lot of intrigue every which way you turn. I mean, you cannot deny it. Everything about it, it's just, well, this could go this way, this could go that way. For the Utes, yeah, I'm expecting them to win. But if they win convincingly, I really believe, like Norm Chow said, and I'm so glad that you're wrong and I'm right. Norm agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I just see, I just think that USC, or USC, holy cow, Utah has already established that they're better than the middle of the league. And I think at the end of this, when it's all said and done, we're going to look at USC and think you're the middle of the league. The, the question to me is, can Utah beat the top of the league? That's what you're going to have to do in the conference championship. They are the top of the league. Okay, but when you talk about – Oh, really? You don't think Washington State would beat them convincingly or Washington would beat USC convincingly? They they might, but Utah still is the top of the league. Hmm. They that, There's going to be – there's a pecking order in every league every year. So, sure, yeah, those teams – could very well be, but I'm saying that if Utah wins convincingly tonight, they go to the top of the league, and then 
like what, when Norm was making fun of me that you're not as stupid as I heard you were, <laughs> that you become the team nah, that everybody hunted. shoots for. You're, and Norm yeah, knows target. about this better than anybody because well, he spent at BYU 20 years and, at yeah. BYU. Yeah. And coaching at BYU and USC would teach you that because they were the team with the target in the Every Mountain year, West. Every year, yeah. The yeah. And, well, he wasn't in the Mountain West, really. But in the, in the WAC, they were the team that were the, was the target. And he went to USC, and they were the team that wore the target. Right. And when he was at Hawaii and NC State, they didn't wear the target, and he knew it. So Yeah, and then he was also with uh, UC Los Angeles. UCLA too, and Utah also, right? Right. So he knows that, and that's why – this team, Utah, if they win convincingly, they really are going to set themselves apart. And, and that, that just doesn't take away anything from the two Washingtons and maybe the Devils. You know, we'll have to see. Obviously, their offense would have to get better for them yeah. to be considered a legitimate. But their, their, their perspective this year, I don't think deep down, they're not thinking win the South. They, I mean, no. they want to, obviously. Right. But, but they're in know, want to mode, whereas Utah has to. Yeah, and if when the Devils in doubt, got to, yeah, pick, take that I, team that has to. Right, and and I think that the Devils are in. If they got to eight wins, that would be considered wildly successful. If they've got to nine, my gosh! And then next year is a new bowl game. Then then they'll be in a butter spot to compete. But for right now, you know they're they're trying to have a good season. They're not. Tr- they're trying to win the South. I get that. But their goal is to have a good season. Utah has to win. Utah has to go to the Rose Bowl, and those other teams will still be difficult task because even if they win tonight i'm not expecting them to go undefeated although most likely i will favor them in every game i don't know which one they would lose we'll see how the season develops but man if they win and walk off that field with a dominating win tonight they become the target everybody is shooting for them because you look at washington well they already got a conference loss so come on how could you look at them as a team and washington state yeah there's still a little bit of a yeah yeah you know he does that stuff with uh smoke and mirrors and in the end they lose a couple of ball games and cal come on cal's got no offense you can't win with no offense i mean yeah justin wilcox is a great defensive guy and he's already out the door you know people are worried about his buyout (laughs) so and and Kyle, there's a thing about ES, ESPN uh, did a story. They came out and did a story. It's up on now about Kyle. He's talking about, I'm a Utah guy. This is my home and all this stuff. He's going nowhere. He's coaching a few more years and calling it a career and then have something named after him because he'll go down as the winningest coach and the best coach they've had, blah, blah, blah. That seems almost assured. So everybody will be pointing towards this team if they walk off that field with a double-digit win tonight. This is going to be so cool. I don't know that I've been this amped for a first conference game ever. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. Coming up, we are going to get all your feedback. We got to the bottom of that Michael Douglas uh, movie thing. We're gonna, we got that all sorts of ironed out. So we got that. And we got a lot of people with their takes on this weekend. DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. At Master, Electri- at Master Electrical, we'll light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. Stay with us. As another show comes to an end, comes to an end, it's time to hear from you. Is this live right now? From your calls, tweets, and open mics. 
This is the best feedback of the day. This is why we lost the game. Presented by Strong Audi on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. It's time now for your feedback. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 9899 South State or at AudiSaltLakeCity.com. All right, P- PK, people are making their picks. That's where we started this morning. Who's going to win? Big games. Lots of pressure, high stakes. The, it seems overwhelming here. People, uh, the vast majority of the people believe that the Utes, the Aggies, and the Washington Huskies are going to win. It's, uh, it's a pretty heavy consensus here. We're not even getting a lot of Cougar fans tooting their horn. If they get it, I think they feel like it's gravy. They, they got two. That's what they wanted, and they got them in spectacular fashion and felt good about the way their team played. So not really, they're not really grinding this morning and going at Ute fans who are picking against them. Surprising. Except if they lose 35-7. to 7. That's a setback. That would be disheartening. It was disheartening when it happened last year after the Wisconsin game, and it would be the same thing. It would be a setback. I can't debate that. It would be. Right. They got it. And that's why we had Brian Keel on earlier this morning. He said they've got to compete. If they don't win, I get it, but they better go out there and compete. Right. That's that's what I'm looking for out of these guys is to give the Huskies a ball game. Make them earn the victory. Don't have it be a laugher. That's just that's bad news for BYU and I also think it's bad news for Utah. Phil says, I believe in Utah football now. I think this game tonight goes a lot like the BYU game. USC comes out strong, but Utah wears them down, and then the Utes end up winning 31-14. Hashtag go Utes. I like the 31 number. I think that's the right ballpark. 14, with man, with their receivers, that would be a really good performance. I like 31-21 a little better, but what do we know? We're all throwing darts at the wall anyway. I would say maybe a field goal for SC because that kid kicked a 52-yarder, and at the time he kicked that, that was a very pressurized kick. So you want to go, you like the 31 number? Knowing that USC gives up about 24, 25 points a game? No, I'm talking about SC having a field goal. Right, so so 31-17 you're thinking, 31-24? Did you, I didn't know if you wanted to buy the Oh, I see what you're number. saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah, I think you yeah, think 14 to 21 is the right number-ish. Yeah, I would go with the 17 is what I'm saying because when if you're kicking a 52-yarder under pressure, you probably should be able to kick a, you know, something right. akin to that uh, at home. So, yeah, so I'm going to throw in a field goal because I was impressed with that SC kid coming out there in that situation and nailing that field goal. That, that was a pressurized kick in the moment. I was on the field at that time, and I was surprised, man. He made that with ease. It was yep. right down the middle. That was a big-time kick. NFL people out to catch their eye. Uh, the Michael Douglas movie, we couldn't remember the title, Falling Down. We got multiple people tweeting at us about that. Uh, we also have mul- multiple people tweeting, more Gunther. I love Kyle Gunther. We got multiple variations on that. Gun- Kyle Gunther, here's every, he's here every Friday. Yeah, we have him on every week. I don't know yep. what else we can do. TK Far 88 says Utes versus Washington State is the game of the year in the Pac-12. That's interesting. Really? I hadn't thought game of the year. Well, where would you go? With, with Utah, 
If they beat USC, uh, like you said, they were picked to win 30, 33 out of 35, picked them to win the division at Pac-12 Media Day. If they go out and beat SC to improve to 4-0, and okay, they're the class of the South. So it would be Utah-Washington or Utah-Washington State, wouldn't it? I mean, they'll play Oregon. So Maybe you think Washington-Washington State's the game of the year? Or Oregon-Washington? Well, I'm not Washington? sleeping, on, um, uh, not not sleeping, sleeping on, on ASU? Cal. Cal. No, Cal was going to say Cal first. Yeah. ASU down the line. Because they play Washington State and Cal before they play the Devils in Washington. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so let's see if they can get a couple of the early ones and set up a big game late. Right, so those they games get could results. be more down the road. Well, and they probably defense, will. I expect them to be more. I don't care who you're playing. Three games in a row at seven points, that's impressive. And I know that two of them were at home and scheduled wins and they were supposed to take care of them, and they did. But that's still impressive. All right, DJ and PK, we're just about out of time. Uh, we've been broadcasting this morning at Sleepy Ridge in Orem. They have a golf fundraiser because of Aria on July 15, 2019. You may remember the news story. Aria Hill was killed in a tragic accident at the Sleepy Ridge Golf Course in Orem. Enjoying a day of golf with her father and uncle, and she was hit by an errant tee shot. They're doing a fundraiser. The money raised today is going to go to her younger brothers. She had younger twin brothers. And they're setting up trust scholarship funds for those two, who are three. She was six uh, when she was killed in July. And PK, I just met the mom and the grandmas. They came through and thanked us for coming down. And like, uh, that just leaves a pit in your stomach. It's a horrific story. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that. I just cannot I imagine that at I all. I mean, that's just that's an incomprehensible. All I could do is just extend my heart to these people. It is just, uh, I don't know how you overcome that. I really don't. Thanks to all the people who've come out today to uh, raise money. There isn't much you can do, at least it's something. Um, story that tragic, it's hard to think of what you can really do that will make a difference. But... At least you can do what you can do. So a lot of people out here today, and the weather's clearing up a little bit. It was pretty nasty this morning with uh, thunder and lightning and rain and everything. But uh, it's clearing up now. There's people out golfing, and uh, it's supposed to continue to clear for that BYU game tomorrow. It'll be cool in the 60s, but it should be dry. So there you go. And PK's in sunny Southern California, Utah and USC tonight. You going to sit by somebody famous in the press box? Maybe we'll see you on TV. Uh, Gordon, probably. <laughs> that won't get it done. <laughs> All right. We are out of here. Uh, the game's tonight. PKNL wrap it up Sunday night on Talking Sports, and we will see you back here Monday morning from 6 to 10. Coming up next, Tony Austin with more on the big weekend of football here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.